You are listening to the Therefore Are Geek podcast, episode number 26. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore Geek. I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And today we are joined by Kyle and Shane McNulty. Hi. Hello. Kyle, I think you have a last name as well, right? Yes, I am oh. Kyle White. Oh, all right. Well, then, yes, I am Shane McNulty. <laughs> See, we've had, Shane, we've had you on before, so you know, Kyle's just Kyle, you know. Oh, oh. My <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy they just sort of mentioned in the background. Yet I exist. I mean, technically you've been in two podcasts, but it's mostly because Dude and I were yelling at you in podcasts. And I didn't retaliate at that point. I have time now. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've actually put him on the mic. This might have been a bad decision in retrospect, but we're going to run with it. Vengeance will be his. So uh, today's uh, topic we're we're going on is um, stuff from our our childhoods. And we've got a a decent age range. Um, Wait, wait, are you just saying I'm old? Yeah, Yeah, a little bit. Well, it was a nice way of putting it. Come on. He was being polite. Actually, but now the creepy thing is I think I'm starting to click. I am the oldest one here. I think yes, I am. Yeah, you are. All it's right. True. I'm now going to leave. This has been great. Y'all take care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now going to go crawl in a tar pit. <laughs> oh, man. I remember that episode of Dinosaurs. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's that. Now, that is going back That is going back quite a ways, actually. Yeah. But Do you spe- feel better now? Speaking of going back to our childhood. No, worse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I graduated high school when that was out. Uh, no, not really. Not really. But um, yeah, I do remember that show. That's a yeah. long time ago. But um, anyway, so, so we're talking about stuff from our childhood. So specifically, we're talking about Transformers, GI Joe, right? Power Rangers, and why the hell am I drawing blank? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Thank you. Yeah, but keep, we're, we're specifically talking about stuff from our childhood that's been rebooted and continues to be relevant. Right. Yeah, and, and this has kind of all been been sparked lately by. Um, the the Power Rangers short film that has been that has been released on uh, on YouTube and and Vimo. Yep, a nice uh, gritty look at what happens when the Power Rangers are all grown up. I loved it; it was fantastic. But um, it sparked some controversy. It's been going around. It'll be in the show notes. You know the yeah. usual. Um, Saban's not so happy about it. They actually got it pulled off of Vimo. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, yeah, and, and it makes me kind of wonder, like, what's what goes to their benefit by pulling it? It's not like this group, was, to my understanding, was making any money off of it, right? But it certainly was, I think, maybe revitalizing the brand somewhat. So I don't, I, I think part of it is they've got a they've got a feature film planned with Lionsgate. They do, and I think they're they're concerned about it uh, sucking in comparison to what was done with James Vanderbeek. Yeah, yeah, okay, basically. Well, and the fact that they still have shows on television geared toward children. Yeah, and right. um, I mean, when I first saw it, the first thing that I did was I sent it over to one of my cousins who has a bunch of younger, not young, young children, but, you know, early teenagers, preteens. And his first thing was, oh, this is great. I'm going to show it to Aiden. Well, Aiden's eight. Ooh. And I said, oh, no. you may no, want to no, no, watch no. that first. <laughs> watch it. Watch it first. And then decide if you want your eight-year-old yeah. to I see mean, that show. It, oh, kind, no. it kind of was Power Rangers by way of John Wick. It's really kind of how I saw that that movie. Or, you, John or, John? or Quentin Tarantino to or Power Quentin, Rangers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a little bit. Exactly. And I, I, I mean, I, of course, really appreciate yeah. it. I thought it was very, very well done. And, and uh, you know, certainly, as you pointed out earlier, my advanced age, uh, when Power Rangers was out and popular, that was, 
a little behind my time. So I didn't really appreciate or really get into it all that much. Right. Um, but this version that was out, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Right. Well, and we're like Tracy, Tracy Kyle and I was, we're pretty, we're group pretty close together. That was, we, we were in the, in the prime of that. Yeah. I was probably maybe nine or 10, um, and I ar- around that time. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> um, okay. yeah, there were but only you, a couple shows that I ran home from the school bus to see in Power Rangers was one of them. Oh, really? See, that was, that was beyond me. I, I do you realize that. this is being recorded? So yes, you, you now. Okay, I so am just, a nerd. I just want to make sure you. Well, there's nerd, but then Power Rangers. Ooh, that's a little. That's a little strong, man. <laughs> but hey, well, the the early shows were very procedural, or not procedural. I'm sorry. They they were very episodic. So every every episode was here's stuff a, here, happened. But here's a villain. Here's you know, here's a bad guy. We beat yep. the bad guy. Here's a new bad guy. We beat the new bad guy. And the, the way that they almost inevitably beat the bad guy was to join all the Power Ranger uh, dinosaurs together. Which, by the way, I just want to point out. That a saber tooth and a mastodon are not a dinosaur, okay? I don't know why, but the, but the very first in the very first episode, the you're in charge of the mastodon dinosaur, and I'm like, that's not a dinosaur. I mean, it's a prehistoric creature, so but it's a dinosaur. So d- it does seem a little weird that you're getting hung up. I mean, I, I don't dispute your facts. <laughs> But you're talking about some some teenage kids who are like, I'm gonna be this uh, superhero, and like, yeah. But you know what? That's just not really a dinosaur over there. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you that you guys can be superheroes, but the dinosaur thing, you know, that's where you lose me. Well, my yeah. favorite, I, I I have to say that I do see the irony in um the 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 specifics of the types of people they want to recruit for this role are teenagers with attitude. I just. And and the, the emphasis on the fact that they are teenagers just reverberates throughout the entire first the Mighty Morphin Power Range is what we're talking about here. Actually, and, and and part of what I I think part of why I couldn't connect that well with Power Rangers was so much of it. Even though I, I mean, admittedly, I did not watch Power Rangers much at all, but so much of how it looked and how they interacted really reminded me of Voltron, which was big mm. when I was a kid. Right. Well, and I mean, they're both Jap- they're both. Japanese based and right and and the emphasis on the colors being that defining aspects for them and I'll form the head okay that's Voltron but still it was just there were so many aspects to it that to me it's like yeah just really something like they're ripping off Voltron with that but okay you know just yeah. my take. um the other thing that I was going to point out too is um the difference between James I, I keep saying James Vanderbeek but um the newer short film the 14 minute um short film that just came out on the internet and the original Mighty Morphin, which Jason David Frank, also known as the green slash white Power Ranger, uh, brought up, is that the old ones are for kids. They're still for kids. Like uh, the the Power Rangers franchise caters to um, pre teenagers. Right. Um, oh, you're supposed to look up. It did get kind of dark. Yeah, but like, I mean, not, not not like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but it's like some of the some of the like the middle stuff. Yeah, like, no, that's true. Some of the, some of that stuff actually got kind of dark. But my point was that it it's not only just because I mean. You always take your protagonist and you make them a little older than the kids you want to appeal to. So um, I always think of Nancy Drew, who was 18 years old. So when I was 12, an 18-year-old was, I mean, they were grown up at that point. They could drive. They could vote. I mean, what more did you want out of the, out of life? Right. So um, I was sadly disappointed when I hit 18. But, um, <laughs> but all downhill. From <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an, underwhel- it's kind of an uh, underwhelming experience. Yeah, sadly. Porn, cigarettes, and vote. That's it. Porn? That's sad. 
Well, you porn, technically I mean, you have to click the yes, I am. No, no, no. I said you can buy porn. Oh, buy porn. Right. Oh. Okay. I, I know that's kind of an antiquated concept now that the internet exists. But yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. These, these kids today, they don't even realize how lucky they got it. It's so easily accessible with their pornography. <laughs> so, But Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was definitely for younger kids. And they never, everything, nothing has real consequence. Um, and, and, I use as an example the fact that they never use the word kill. Hmm. She, the um, Rita always talks. Rita Repulsa always talks about how we should um, destroy them or take them out. Is usually what she says. Take them out. What does that actually mean? Give them a really bad day. Yeah, give them a headache. Yeah, you know, like put them in, just... stand them in the corner for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's no real consequence to it, um, which is, I mean, something that American movies and tv shows do do for kids like uh disney's the same way like maleficent never died she just fell off a cliff you never see anybody actually die in a disney disney movie yeah not on screen like, not on screen they don't die on screen i'm flipping through my, Sorry. my rolodex of, <laughs> of, of disney memories like flipping on through but I'm like yeah you know what i think you're right i don't remember yeah that's true um it's funny you, you were we were talking about this before um a couple hours ago and the uh, the way that some of the some of the sh- some of these shows get around that like like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like those were all all the all the Foot Clan in the in the show and like those those were all robots they were robots that's right and like and kind of thinking about that like yeah that, that's kind of a common way of getting around that in, in comics in general they'll do that a lot you know if they if they want to you know just the the characters will, you know disembowel something right especially back in like the seventies not not as, now they'll they'll you know eviscerate just about anything now but <laughs> it's pretty well fair game but like yeah. you know back back in like the seventies whatnot they'll 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 turn everything to robots right right well and but nowadays you have as primetime entertainment granted on HBO but you have Lannister send the regards and the whole wedding just gets everyone gets murdered yeah but that's not catering to kids at all yeah but, but not even a little well, no no, no but, it's, but, it's, but it's it's a shift in the general pop culture exactly uh. it's acceptable exactly I mean that you know I think even if you turn back the dial just you know, not all that long ago, just like 10, ten years. Yeah. So back when I was still, you know, a youngerish person, um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you would have seen that kind of entertainment then be that widely accepted. Oh no, that's absolutely true. That's so, absolutely true. And, and as, as point of reference, I'd also say, we mentioned about pornography earlier. We've had just recently 50 shades of gray opened up in theaters and, and do rather well, but turn back the clock even further when Showgirls came out and I'm not drawing any sort of comparison between plot or anything like that, but Showgirls bombed in the theater. That yeah. was not widely accepted. Well, let's also be honest, Showgirls was fucking awful. Well, okay, but have you seen Fifty Shades? Well, no. but Fifty All Shades right. also caters to women, and we just had Magic Mike um, last year. Or the Fair year point. Or whenever. So um, movies that cater to women's sexuality are actually doing really well, whereas uh, men are like, I can just go get a porn star, you know, bouncing all over the place, and she's fully naked, and I'm okay with that. Like, that's that's preferable. Right, right. That's a good point. That's a good point. So getting back to... Um, well, we can do no, that's fine. That's fine. No, see, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, you know, I grew up with that, and that was a show that I would watch before I went to school, and I'd watch it. Yeah, actually, that was I think predominantly it. Then years and years later, uh, CBS had actually picked it up and did it on Saturday mornings yep. for mm-hmm. a time, um, and did a few new episodes then too. And I, I mean, I loved the cartoon. In fact, the the first movie that where the the guys were wearing the rubber suits yeah. and doing that. I loved the first movie, 
the second one, we go the secret of the ooze. We will skip yeah. that for now. <laughs> but I really enjoyed. Hey, the hey first what about one. the yeah. third one where they travel through time? Nah, that was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Complete filth. That was that's absolutely embarrassing. But the first one was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And um, yeah, what they've turned them, what they turned the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into with this most recent film. I'm not gonna say it's an abomination. I think it's something that they're trying to recapture and rekindle some of that that mm. awe that they used to have before. Yeah. But But I, the first it, movie was great though. I mean it was it, for what it was. It yes. was it was a fun kids movie. Um I saw it when I was a kid. I didn't I didn't watch the show. Um my cousins were way obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They had um they had a limited edition stocking like their christmas stocking had a teenage mutant ninja turtle head on it nice and um I like that. yeah they were they were obsessed <laughs> I'm actually a little inve- envious of them now too right yeah um well, wait, wait, okay but importantly which turtle because everyone had a favorite one um they, there were four kids so they each had, oh, one. They had one yeah yeah okay. so um i think my my the my little cousins was michelangelo but that was because she was the baby of the family so they just kind of left that one too oh, that, that was the default one yes so the other ones got picked first before yes. michelangelo even donatello right i love I, donatello donatello's, donatello's my boy um actually i like him better in the new movie I, I, the new movie was not a great movie okay but i prefer donatello's uh, characterization in the new movie to the one in the old one but um but the old the old movie was pretty good so to see this this newer one i i honestly thought well that wasn't as revered in my childhood. So this new movie, I, I feel like maybe it's people that loved the first movie and loved the, the show and loved the characters that really don't like this new movie. No, it's just a, it's just it's a, a bad movie. movie. Yeah. I, I think, I think part of what happens is you have, you know, when they, they're going out, you figure that show business is called, it's still business as part yeah. of the name there. Mm. So they're trying to do things that are going to make them money. Yeah. And I, I think what happens is and they so try So how Michael Bay still makes money. Yeah. He, but because, because mm. Michael Bay does occasionally do some amazing movies. I mean, Bad Boys. Name one. Oh, Bad okay. Boys. Oh, Bad Boys. All right. Bad Boys. That is was a great... old. Oh, do you oh, know how old ta- Bad Boys is? Well, you're talking to an old dude. So, <laughs> so, and this kid's is bringing it all full circle again. No, but I mean, Bad Boys was a great movie, and I mean, I I loved that. I mean, that was just a fantastic film. Um, Bad Boys Two, maybe not so much, but the first one was great, and. Uh, uh, Armageddon, which I know a lot of people hate on Armageddon, but for what it was, I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna like, Armageddon's on tonight. Let's watch. No, I'm not gonna do that necessarily. But, um, and, and in fact, I, I think I actually mentioned to you guys before we talk about Armageddon that uh, a movie review I read at the time when it came out described it as a three-hour-long beer commercial. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's that's exactly what it that's, is. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what it is. But, um. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Michael Bay does some good films. He certainly does some horrible films too. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of Michael Bay, <laughs> he also had a hand in another franchise that we wanted to talk about. Well, one of the things I do want to say though, before we get to that is that um, this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles actually harkens back a little bit more to the the really gritty comics that it started all started with. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. I mean, like the, if you look at the the Laird East Laird Eastman comic, I mean, it's really. Dark. We're all wearing the same bandana. Yeah, they're all wearing the same same red bandana. Yep. Like they kill Shredder in the first issue. Yep. Like Shredder's gone. <laughs> but interestingly enough, even in the new the new movie, I also was paying attention because I just um, con- gone back to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, watched a few episodes to refresh my memory, and um, they also do not talk. They do not say the word qu- kill. Hmm. Ever. Okay. They they say you know like get rid of them and take care of the problem and that kind of thing, but they never right. actually. 
I, I just find that interesting that that we still even now like you'd said that pop culture is changing but we still avoid that word yeah that's interesting sorry no no that's, that's a good point i mean i do think i do think we're kind of seeing as our culture changes and our and our taste and entertainment changes right along with it I, I do think we are seeing things where we are becoming more accepting of significant violence being depicted in our entertainment i mean right. everything from from breaking bad to we were talking about game of thrones earlier to i don't know if you guys ever watch the show i grant it's on cinemax but banshee um no, some, I seen that. some i mean it's, it's a great show very very well done but uh, but kind of like breaking bad it's a very dark drama and some of the violence that's depicted on there is very realistic and horrific um even though it's not a horror show um but i think our our entertainment taste is gradually getting more and more graphic and stronger in violence and, and eventually it's going i would imagine someone's going to get passed on to the kids too oh sure well yeah. i mean i i knew kids when i was when i was younger I knew seven and eight year olds that were watching Saving Private Ryan, which I thought was abhorrent at the time. Oh my god! I know, I know, right? But, that, <laughs> I but mean, I mean, honestly, even by today's standards, that would be pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. that movie's. I mean, it's a fantastic movie, but it, it's, it's not for hard, kids. Yeah, it's hard to watch sometimes. It yeah. is. It's very difficult. Yeah. Well, for a TV series example, is just American Horror Story. How Ex- well it's done. Yes, excellent. Point. And, and that's yeah. and even more that's on broadcast television. That's not that's not like yeah. Showtime or HBO or something. That's broadcast. Well, and and actually, kind of along that line, um, a show that I think is probably and I'm I'm not understating this at all when I say this. I think probably is the the most excellent show on TV is on broadcast TV, and that's Hannibal, which has hands down the most disturbing things I've seen on TV. Period. Even more so than Walking Dead. Hmm. And and yet the story is excellent. It's extremely well acted. It's artistically filmed. It's a beautiful and disturbing show. Hmm. And it's on broadcast TV on yeah. NBC. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So, jumping into Transformers. Yeah, Transformers. So I, I, I actually <laughs> Good watched, segue. I watched Transformers four right before I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a lot better when you watch something as god awful as Transformers four beforehand. <laughs> So, so let me ask this: If you had to go get a root canal, would you recommend watching Transformers prior to the root canal? Probably, because like by comparison, yeah, the root canal is just a walk in the park. Well, yeah, no so problem. easy. And also, root canal would be also a lot faster. That was a <laughs> long ass movie, and it's oh my god. Um, that, so and apparently, it made a, just an epic ton of money in China. Transformers is one of those wonderful childhood franchises that was designed strictly to sell toys. Right. Hasbro. So, which is interesting because I feel that Power Rangers actually does a better job of selling toys, but that's a side note. Hmm. Um, I think it because uh, it, it the I'm I'm just saying that because in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the the um no, dinosaur mobiles that they drive actually look like toys. Okay. And then when they they fit together, I thought, oh, that looks like a set that I would like to play with. I mean, that was my okay. first thought. Even okay. when I was a kid, that was what I was like. I want to play with that. Yeah, that looks you, super you cool. Had, you also had all the combiner. Transformers too. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I'm also not a boy, so I know <laughs> I know a lot of guys that were like, "Oh, this is just the best thing ever." And of course, they've come out with some limited edition ones now that are like 84 adjustments that you have to make between Optimus Prime and the and the semi trailer that he, or semi, you know, driving thing. Right. Um. So what is that on, thing? Hang on. You're not a guy. Tractor trailer. What? <laughs> Did you miss that? <laughs> How long have we known each other? I'm a man. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> No, definitely. Well, conversation maybe I derailment. Check. Do I need to leave? Even... Uh, <laughs> Sat. And I, you know what? We're now we're going to segue into Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Andrea's just lost it 
I'm good. Briefly. <clears throat> but yeah, so I mean, the um, I, I wasn't a big... Transformers toys didn't do a whole lot for me. I was more, much more into Legos. Yeah, like Transformers, okay. Transformers did, did one of the things that was kind of interesting is it did um, cross-platform uh, kind of trying to sell these toys. So uh, they had the toys, they had the TV show, and, mm-hmm. they had, and they had comics, and they all really started at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and actually, the first the first one I really do that is the one we're going to talk about next, is G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like I love Transformers. I've, I have, I have somewhere. I've got a couple of old ones from like when I was a kid, right? Somewhere, but like as an adult, I bought a couple uh, at like conventions and stuff. And I, they're they're hanging around here somewhere. I'm gonna find, yeah, find where I put them. But I love them still. They're a lot of fun. Did, were you really into GI Joe growing up? Um, I wasn't really into GI Joe. Like my neighbor had a, had a whole bunch of them, so like we'd play in like the sa- literally the sandbox. Right. We'd go out and you know dig little tunnels for them and stuff and play with them. Yeah. Okay. Now tell the truth. Did you end up doing like ever torture tests on your GI Joe characters figures? No, because they weren't mine. Did your friends? He might have. I, he, I was never present for. He was a couple years older you than I was. Sh- show us on the doll where the torture was done. I I, mean, I was never. <laughs> I, was never for, I was never present for it, but. Uh. Um, I have to say, I, I call that plausible de- plausible deniability. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's good cover. Yeah. Good cover. Um, I have to point out quickly that Megan Fox is a second defining characteristic of both the most the newer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Transformers. I'm still uh, shocked thing. she was in Transformers after after, after calling Michael Bay a Nazi. Oh, you mean Ninja called, Turtles? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, but I mean, obviously she did a terrible they, job. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, but I mean like, so. like, she wasn't like. Sorry, she's hot. She is. Yeah, hot. Thank you. That's, that's no, she's very hot, but that's all she has. No, but like Michael, Michael Bay, that. like, I mean, he just went like ballistic on her after that. Well, I mean, I he think, was also a producer, and not the director. Yeah, but still, movie. I mean, like, I just figured she would not, like, he would not let her her near anything he ever did again. Well, obviously, they kind of patched things up. I mean, I, I'll put it this way: Did you guys ever hear the story? And I don't, obviously, I was not there. It's not like me and me and Mike. You know, he's Mike to me. Right. It's not like we hang out on weekends or anything, but. Did you guys ever hear about how uh, Megan Fox had auditioned for the part? No. This this might be more of like a rumor mill story, so don't take this as being fact right. or anything. But uh, reportedly, like I'm some sort of reporter, um, from what I'd read before, that she, that Michael Bay had her come over to his house and wash his car. Yes, I have heard that story. Yeah, and what? And, yes, and that and oh. those, that was for Transformers. That's that's back when she was being cast for Transformers, and based on that, okay, you're hired. Right. Well, like I'm not saying Michael Bay was an inappropriate, but like, she she was like not like not like oh he you know oh he's he's really hard to work with and everything. Right. She was like puts Jews in ovens kind of Nazi like implications. Yeah, I mean, I obviously there were some frustrations going on there in the, in the relationship, and who really knows what's going on there. But I, I the point I was trying to make about about Michael Bay is that he has a certain look and aesthetic that he's trying to go for in his films. Yes. Whether or not we agree with him or think they're appropriate, that's kind of irrelevant for him. It's more that. He wants things to look a certain way. And in Transformers, there's that opening scene where you're first introduced to her character and she's like all bent, bent over, over in the a car. car right. Yeah. And it's like immediately. Fortunately, she's like changing a spark plug or something. So it's a little bit less demeaning. Uh, nah, like, yeah, yeah, no. No. No, <laughs> nah, it's really. As a girl who works on cars, I was happy that she wasn't just washing it in a bikini. Okay? Thanks. Yeah, but when you work on cars, your shorts aren't climbing into your ass. <laughs> you don't know. You've never seen me work on a car. And you've never seen her climb in Megan Fox's ass. <laughs> I will I will go on record as saying that you don't know so, that. <laughs> you're right. Well, let's let's go to the footage. Roll that beautiful beam footage. <laughs> oh. Oh. So this is going to be the edited for content portion of the podcast. 
Uh, I don't think we've ever had one of those portions. I, hey, no, Mikey I've and I asked. Ta- Mikey and I've I talked asked. about strippers, and we didn't edit that. So, so this is was was this with Mikey being the stripper? No, because wait, what? Oh wait, I wasn't supposed to tell that. <laughs> you say it like we're shocked. No, yeah, no, I'm actually not at all. No, he doesn't wear pasties. <laughs> oh wait, I wasn't supposed to say that either. No, I'm just... right, right, we're in we're... the state of Virginia. Was yeah. this was this not locally? No, it, yeah, it's totally joking. It's totally joking. I. I Yes. But we're talking about Mikey Mason here for anyone who's um, just now tuning in. <laughs> More on him later, I guess. Yes, we'll be talking about that um, in a bit. <laughs> he's, a, uh, he's a good sport. How did we derail here? I think it's my fault. I just. We were, about we were railing. Yeah, okay. Well, well, we, we were just railing on Michael Bay before. Okay, <clears throat> I can live with that. Yeah, Megan Fox um, is hot. Although weird is. club thumbs. I, this is the first time I ever actually noticed them. Toe they thumb. are strange. Yeah. Toe thumb. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, you look on Google like Megan Fox toe thumb. Yes. It's, it's a little strange. It's a little weird. Uh, you, you, I mean, she's got everything else going for her. I'm okay with her having this one flaw. It's, right. it's okay. It, it makes it, her more human. It's funny. That I actually worked with a guy who, who inadvertently sawed off his thumb and they replaced it with his big toe. So Bob literally had a toe thumb. <laughs> That's Pitch. actually funny. Now, did he name it Megan? Oh, that would no, that was a no, perfect. But, but a, a, a couple times, like he, he'd leave his ID on the on the on the desk or something, right? And so we'd quickly print off a picture of a thumb, or of, of a of a of a toe or, or a big toe, right? Tape it to the ID with a little mustache drawn on it. <laughs> yeah, nice. We're kind of dicks. Yeah, I was gonna say that's really rude. That's, that's pretty hard. It's terrible. You know, like you have to wear a cup is working there. Or is that like a requirement or something? <laughs> that's pretty. pretty oh. Yeah, but wow. I, I mean, I didn't mind the first Shia LaBeouf, notwithstanding. Um, I didn't mind the first couple of Transformers reboot movies. It was like they just kept getting well. No, they were worse. I mean, look, I went into the first Transformers movie wanting to see big robots beating the crap out of each other. And, and guess that's what? what you got. I saw. Yeah, I saw big robots beating the crap out of each other, and I was happy. So, so back when, um, okay, this kind of going back to the first Transformers movie, but I went into that stoked to see the Transformers film because the trailers for it were great. I, the first trailer. Really didn't show much of anything other than like uh, the Mars rover kind yeah. of like this getting knocked over or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, cool, what's this? So you didn't see all that much about it. And I was I was pretty jazzed about Transformers because I kind of grew up with it. Um, so when I got in the theater, um, they showed a trailer for a movie that went without any title. And it was some sort of found footage movie set in New York. And all of a sudden you see the, uh, the Statue of Liberty head get knocked down a street. And I mean, Cloverfield. The, it was yes. Cloverfield yeah. at the time. It was. I mean, they when they released it, part of like I guess a viral campaign they were trying to do. Right. They didn't include the title intentionally, um, but I, me, and everyone in that theater just completely knocked on our ass by that trailer. Yeah, and, it looked really cool. Too bad it didn't live up to it. But I mean, it, I mean, kind of did. It, it, it's. I think it's kind of hard to kind of maintain that incredible momentum they built in that trailer it was for also, an entire film it was also at like at, at kind of the height of of the found footage film yeah yeah uh, phase that we went, that went through and it was probably one of the better ones you know cause i started with blair witch and then went mm. from there and there were just there were a ton of them and a yep. lot of them weren't good most of them i'd say are not good yeah yeah, um, yeah. cloverfield is kind of is, i think is actually one of the exceptions and i think part of that is, is who did it you know like Oh yeah, like Blair Witch was you know they did it for what like six grand or something they did for you know small amounts of money yeah yeah and yet at the same time I did not like Blair Witch I mean I I, mean, I recognize that I'm in the minority on that group but I, I I actually never I actually never saw it but like oh I wish I could like, say the same 
but like but like you had a lot of other people trying to try, trying to duplicate that 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 uh, that effect with the you know, the very low low budget. Right. Whereas J.J. Abrams was it who did Cloverfield. He produced that one. Yeah. yeah. So, so like there, there was an actual like budget behind it, and, and yes. there was a lot more thought out, and that helped it out a lot. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think the the hangup that I had with Blair Witch was that it, the, I mean, if you ever grew up in an area where there's a lot of woods, when you're out there in the woods in the middle of the night, you're kind of the stranger in the strange land, and you should kind of know that. So yeah. when you hear a weird sound, your initial reaction to me isn't, oh, it's some supernatural being. It's probably oh hey it's like a, a deer or something yeah. else, you know, and, or it's a wolf come to fucking eat me or that <laughs> or that, um, but yeah. So Blair Witch, I mean, I for me, I just kind of like end up checking out of it. It just it didn't work for me, but I, I probably was trying to get I don't know maybe I was being too analytical or something like that. But yeah, yeah. It, it also just to me wasn't really particularly scary. Yeah. Um, well, you're the horror aficionado, anyways, so. I, I do I do love my horror films and stories and comics. That might have something to do with it. Like yeah. if you if you go into the genre pretty cold, then yeah, that's true. It may appear different. Yeah. So now, did you did you actually see any of the new any of the new GI Joe films? I saw the first one. Oh, good, because I, I saw the second one. So oh, yeah, okay. first five. First one, yes. first one wasn't bad. It was okay. Yeah, it was, it was okay. Um, it was second one. Channing Tatum died in the first five minutes. I was so happy. They what? They now a... you spoiled it for me. I was going to go home and watch it tonight. Just, just for that. No, just, just for Channing Tatum. Yeah, just watch five minutes. Is good. No, they had a lot. Of, they had a lot of big name people in it, and the production value was just awful. Well, for number two spent, or number one? Number two. Really? But, number two. The, yeah. They, so, so you're saying number two was number two? Yeah. They okay. spent a lot of money. They spent okay. a lot of money on the production uh, on, on getting the celebrities like Bruce Willis and and The Rock and stuff. Right. And then, I mean, there were a couple of shots where I was just like. I mean, I've seen better stuff in like video games from ten years oh, ago. Oh, see, now I have to, I have to disagree not on the production quality, but on the quality of the film overall because I liked it. Actually, I was like, "This is what? a decent film." It was, it was. That was I mean, awful. I went into it cold, like I'm not a GI Joe fan in any way, and I couldn't find uh, one on short notice, and I didn't really care about GI Joe prior to this co- podcast, so I just grabbed it. Number two was on Netflix, and I watched it, and I was like, "All right, cool, not bad. All oh, right, cool." It was okay, fuck awful. Was was uh was Destro? In the second one, more more specifically, was Christopher Eccleston in no. the second one? No, no, they no, just okay. they left him in the tank basically the beginning, yeah, and we're like, oh, the he's entire, off the, he's off the Almost the entire cast is different. Oh wow! It was The Rock, which, by the way, just a side note: The Rock needs to stop acting in movies. Um, I just I can't see anyone but The Rock when I look at him. See, I disagree. <laughs> I think he's actually. I mean, he's not like a great actor. You know, I'm not saying he, he should you know up for an Academy Award, but he's a lot better than a lot of people. Right. I mean, we were talking earlier about um, Jason Statham. I would much rather see him than Jason Statham on screen. That's uh, what? well, but I can't stand Jason Statham. But you're not a girl, and I would far rather see Jason Statham. Hey, 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 hey let me guess. You're going to point to the transporter. That, I, that's, that's the example you're going to use. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me a second. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Didn't like it. Oh, okay. Um, how about uh, Snatch? I've not seen Ooh, Snatch. Oh. What about yeah. the um? Is it called? What's the one where he um he's dying and he has to inject himself with adrenaline speed? Oh, the one, I, know, yeah. I know you're talking. Um, no, not, not speed. That's what? that's Keanu Reeves on a bus. Crank, crank. Yeah, crank. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Those looked fucking yeah. retarded. It, the second serious? one was. Yeah. Awful. The first one was good. No, it really wasn't. The second you, one okay. was even worse. All right, seriously, you should feel bad for saying that. No, actually. I liked it. Whatever. <laughs> Although Jason Statham does a way better job as a bad guy. A little bit less screen time. He's still hot when he's around. He's got this kind of like a lowering, aggressive, testosterone fueled presence. It's pretty smoking. What? Oh. You need a towel? 
<laughs> I'm fine, thanks. You may not be able to use your futon again, though. Woo. <laughs> Thankf- thankfully, that's not my bed. I get to sleep elsewhere. I get to sleep elsewhere. Did I, did I come in on the wrong podcast? <laughs> wow. All right. <clears throat> and, now, and now desperately trying to find another subject to talk about. We're back to G.I. Joe. Uh, sponges. Wait, no, that's no, not a good one either. Uh, that's not a good one either, damn it. Well, hey, so, so one, one G.I. Joe, yes. And, like, and G.I. Joe, like I pointed out, is one of those that the, uh, it was another one of those combined kind of marketing, the toys, the toys obviously go back, way back into the 60s. Sure. But the the reboot of the toys with all the all the characters we're familiar with, yeah, and then yeah the cartoon and the and the comics all at the same time, and the comics actually did most of the driving behind that one. Um, you had all the all the Larry Hama stories, right? And there's, there's but, some some of those that are really fantastic. Really, so you're, so you're saying so, genuinely asking here, so you're saying GI Joe stories? You actually found them to be good stories? Yeah, the, um, there's okay. a, there's a really good one um, called Silent Interlude. Okay. And it's a completely silent issue. It's um, Snake Eyes. It has to go break Scarlet out of some Cobra base. It's Snake Eyes. He doesn't talk. Right, right. So the entire issue is completely silent. And it was something, it was something Larry Hama had wanted to do for a while. Right. And um, he ended up doing it because he was on a, he was on a, a schedule crunch. Right. So he just kind of wrote the story and had the artist do it and then moved on. He moved on to the next story. So he wasn't write, having to write dialogue for it. Hmm. Um, and it turned out to be really, really good. Huh, that's that's interesting. I, I I really would not have known that. So yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that out. I was just thinking that Snake Eyes would probably be a horrible person to Skype with. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you suck, man. Now you looked this up earlier. How many issues of GI Joe have there been? Uh, GI Joe ran for about twelve years. Wow. Um, no, the one that's impressive is monthly. Tra- yeah. Okay. The one that's hmm. impressive is Transform is the is the first one of Transformers. Because um, in the state in the United States, it went for like eighty issues. Mm. In the UK, they like really latched onto that comic, and it went for three hundred and thirty-two issues. What? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? The tra- really? Yeah, right. I didn't. I had no clue. They have and, a thing for big trucks over there, I guess. Apparently, oh. <laughs> their island's so small they don't need to use them, so they just it's exotic. They're in awe to them. of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't what know. It is. Um, but you know, I was also thinking a lot of these. Um, these franchises, um, Power Rangers, to a lesser extent, there, there's been a couple of, of new comics out by a company I think called Greenleaf. It's Green something, I think it's Greenleaf. Mm-hmm. But um, the other three, IDW has done um, relaunches in the last five to seven years that have been really spectacular. Um, I picked up a few of the hardcovers for Transformers and G.I. Joe, uh, and I've read a number of the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issues, and they've been just really good. Yeah, I've kept... Ninja Turtles on my poll since they relaunched it. I think they're up to like issue fifty. Uh, they're getting close, not quite, but yeah. Well, if you include the mini series that they put in there, yep. it's about there, and they've just been amazing stories. Really? Yeah, yeah and actually, some of them. Um, I don't think they're still in it, but uh, uh, Laird and Eastman came back and were doing, were writing for them. Yeah, we're writing some of the earlier, earlier ones. So, uh, just a really quick story about back when uh, out in two thousand two, I was out in San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was lucky. Oh, it was, dude. Here, San, well, Diego, we, San Diego sold out in under an hour this year. My yep. friend Chris was trying to get tickets. They also no, they're also doing only single day passes. 
Really? Yeah. So huh. like in order to get to con all four days, you've got to get, you know, four buy individual tickets. And it's like 185 bucks combined. Yeah, Holy that's crap. crap. It's almost, I'll, I'll tell you, it's almost probably better to do what I did, which was I was promoting a comic at the time. So, right. and I, you know, I talked about this on the last podcast yeah. too. Um, so I won't, I won't tell the whole sad firefly debacle story that <laughs> happened then. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, still I bitter, remember that story. Bitter point for me too. Um, but one one point, you know, you're setting up your booze and you're and before the rest of the crowd gets in there and you get to walk around, and you kind of get to see everyone else who's also setting up their booze. And Kevin Eastman was there with uh, heavy metal uh, promoting heavy metal. And um, and he was just like there staying at his booth. And it's like it was probably one of those weird moments where I was staring at him like, I think that's Kevin Eastman. I'm pretty sure it's Kevin. I'm like 90 percent <laughs> sure. But I didn't want to go like, hey, Mr. Eastman, just make a complete ass out of myself. So, but I think he kind of like felt me looking at him. So he looked at me and then there was like this long kind of like (laughs) non-blinking look at one another. And it's like, like if if you had an erotic moment. No, it's more like it felt a little, it could have been, but it kind of felt more (laughs) like a tumbleweed could have flown through in between us. And like, um, I went, Mr. Eastman, he's like, yes. I'm like, I really loved your work. And it just, and he's like, thanks. Like, cool. And I didn't know what else to say. I was like. (laughs) I've got to get back to my booth, finish setting up because you know I'm, you know I'm busy. You know right. I'm, I'm working here. You know I've got so many books of mine to sell. Um, well, um, actually, dude and I actually have a similar story. Um, the first year we went to New York Comic Con, this dude, the dude was a big heavy metal uh, reader, especially at that time, and uh, I didn't, I didn't know this stuff very well, and so we went up to the heavy metal booth. Nobody there. Hmm. So we like hung out in front of the heavy metal booth and talked to Kevin Eastman for two hours. Oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah, had a great conversation. Yeah. Next year, heavy metal booth, we start walking up. We're like, yeah, we should say hi again. And we get in eyesight and he looks, he goes, he just kind of, he kind of looks up and he's like, hey, what's going on guys? How you been? And we're like, oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> we're like, uh, <laughs> check these nipples. They're rock solid right now. <laughs> yeah, it was, we were, we were like losing it. Uh, and it, 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 we, we had another, another good long conversation with him that year too. That was That's awesome. That's very cool. And that's that. You know what? That's that's. I think why it's awesome to go to cons because not every single time, but every once in a while, you get like a little moment like that mm-hmm. where you get to connect with a, a creator yeah. that you actually like, and and hey, it's actually kind of cool and very humanizing. And it's and uh, yeah, I think those. That's for me. That's why I really enjoyed about going to conventions. Yeah, mm-hmm. some some of the like the panels and we get to talk to the guys and listen to, and hear what they've got to say. Yeah. Um, or or we had that or with skip the, as it were for well, me. Or even just if you're if you're a regular convention goer, then you tend to have um, similar experiences. So even if you don't have the moment, then yeah. um, uh, we were at my very first convention. I went to New York Comic Con, which I don't recommend that as your first convention. You should Aww. you should scale up, scale oh, up oh, for oh, sure. I'm um, she, it was a little overwhelming. Was, yeah, she was walking around pretty wide eyed for the entire time. Just, Oh god! Oh. It was it oh, was no. great. It was very cool, but so many shiny things, and it was it was hard to concentrate. But so many people too. Um, we were down in the artist alley, and we bumped into the guys that did Atomic Robo, and uh, Andrew had a nice story oh, about Big Apple Con, which was this apparently horrific, <laughs> pea smelling location. We, no, we, we, we've talked about this a little bit before. It was it was at the Hotel Pennsylvania, it's right across from Penn Station in Manhattan, right? And it was. We used like one of their like convention spaces or whatever, and it it's dark, it's dingy, it's damp. That might be just that hotel. 
I know, no, no, no. I've heard some things about that. I hotel. wouldn't be surprised. Like it's an old, you know, you, it was one of those hotels probably back in like the, you know, the forties was super nice. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's probably one of those hotels has been around long enough that there's been some, just playing the law average here. Someone's probably died in every room in that hotel. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I've, a friend of mine had stayed there once and like left in the middle of the night. <laughs> it was so weirded out. Like, wow. I'm leaving this place right now. Yeah. It, it, but like the, the room, it was hot. It was humid. It was poorly lit. The floors are terribly uneven. Right. And, but because you had had that experience and the Atomic Robo guys had also had that experience when we went up and talked to them, which there was no one around their booth at the moment, like they, he was like, oh, yeah, I met you guys one other time at Big Apple Con. And they're like, oh, do you remember that convention? Yeah, well, they, they, Didn't it smell weird? No, they, were, they both had physically shuddered as soon as I mentioned the name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. oh. And, and Tracy, for a long time, you didn't believe me when I told you about that. And like... As soon as I, as soon as they both did that, she looked at me like, "Holy crap!" And I'm like, "I told you that place was bad." <laughs> and and how did that make you feel when she didn't believe you? I mean, I wouldn't believe me either. Oh, <laughs> right, right. If I hadn't been to this Good place, answer. I wouldn't believe myself either. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but terrible like, things happen at that convention. Always, we've always said, go to conventions, go to geek events, um, interact with other geeks. Because you never know. You could have these awesome times where just something crazy happens and you walk away thinking, did that just happen to me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was at a convention recently and I was just standing in a hallway waiting for a panel and one of my favorite authors just started giving me a story without even in <laughs> me saying hi. I yeah, was like, D- David this Weber is just awesome. David Weber just turned to Kyle and started telling a joke. Out of nowhere, it was it was actually a pretty funny joke. Wow! <laughs> but when you get to meet these people, it's like your brain explodes a little bit inside. It yeah. does. Mm. It really does. Um, in a good way, not yeah. like in an aneurysm way. <laughs> now, now, since we're talking about Transformers, obviously, you know, this past week we had some sad news. Um, you know, Leonard Nimoy passed away. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, and aside, you know, obviously, all, all of his fantastic work with Star Trek. Um, Tied into what we've been talking about today, he also did the voice of Galvatron, right, 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 uh, in the tra- in the animated Transformers movie. Yep, and he was in the third Transformers movie. Yes, yep. he was. He, uh, I can't remember. He was the voice of the uh, one of the Primes. Yep, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I, it's been I, like I saw that one once, and okay, but um, but yeah, it's a, that's unfortunate. You know, he, I was a big fan of Leonard Nimoy, and you know, and it was it was of course pretty sad to, to read about that, and, and I think we're kind of at that point. In in just our entertainment span, where a lot of the people who were so pivotal mm-hmm. in bringing science yes. fiction to the forefront um, were at the cusp where we're going to start losing more and more of them. For well, right and, now. and that was kind of happening in the eighties and nineties with with science fiction literature. Sure, yeah, we had a lot yeah. of, a lot of the authors start dying. Absolutely, um, and and actually, thinking about Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry is actually one of the first ones That's to right. go because he was ninety four, uh, and. Yeah, but we're starting to see. There was um somebody posted a picture of of Kirk, was he from the original Star Trek? It was Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Scotty. And Scotty, mm-hmm. yeah, at the table. And then and then below is just yeah, Kirk I saw at that the table. Well. Oh, right, yeah. the feels. It really was. Yeah, you know, and, and it was something that on the, I think especially with us as geeks because we are a community. I mean, we may right. have we may have very differing views. I mean, there are certainly geeks out there that love Megan Fox. There's. Probably, I'm sure. I'm just assuming right now that there is. Right, we, we you know, make an assumption. Right, but <laughs> but so we have some very extremely different wild tastes. But at the core, we're still geeks, and we're all still one big community. And it was one of those things where, I mean, I wanted to post something on the, on the Tyler Brown Coast page, but I didn't want it to be like, I want to be something that was kind of like a unifying thing and yeah. not just some sappy, like, I'm going to try and sound eloquent when coming from some, 
some grand stance about what it means to live and die in humanity. And so I just wrote right from the heart and it's like, you know, may we ever continue to live, you know, live boldly. Yeah. You know, and, and I just, I, for me, it was, it was just really important to kind of put something out there to say, Hey, you know, we can, we can be here. We can all mourn. We can all celebrate life. We can boldly go where no man's gone before and, and just keep on going like that. And it was really important for me to put that out there mm-hmm. and, uh, and it, it felt good and it looked like it connected with a lot of people. So that was, that was nice. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about when you're talking about, you know, being a geek community. Yeah. Uh, Nemo kind of had an interesting journey to that too. Cause there was, a, there was a, I mean, he wrote, he wrote a book. I am not Mr. Spock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he followed, and then years later followed up with a book. I am Mr. Spock because he, he, he learned to embrace and love the community. Yeah. And I think I think in a way that I think there's a lot of people in the geek community that that's kind of for us how how we find ourselves where you know sometimes we we do things that we we don't necessarily connect with right away right but we come to realize later on that you know what that was a good thing for me to do and that yeah. really is core who I am and mm-hmm. to kind of embrace that I mean I I think it's it, I think it was great to see that he owned that yeah. and he kind of put that out there it, it just it was. It was so wonderful having having um, someone like him around because he's someone who I, I think Shatner gets a lot of publicity for maybe other reasons, not necessarily just for being Kirk, but he's right. he's almost one of these like larger than life personalities. Also, he's also let's be honest, he's also done a lot more too. He has absolutely. He's, he's been on you know a major character on on th- at least three different television shows: you know, Star Trek, mm-hmm. yeah, T.J. Hooker, and um, well, Bo- Boston Legal, even Twilight Zone. The original yeah. Twilight Zone. He was on that on multiple episodes. I'm sorry, that's actually one of my favorite Twilight Zone or Twilight Zone related moments yeah. is when Shatner and um, John Lithgow on the bit on um, on the third, third, no, third rock from the sun. Oh, oh, right. When Shatner's like, oh, I was like, like how was because Shatner was the big giant head, um, and John John Lithgow was asking, him, oh, how was your flight? So it was terrible. There was this thing on the wing. It was, it was tearing up in the wing. And nobody would believe me. And John Lithgow goes, John Lithgow looks and goes, the same thing happened to me. Because <laughs> years later, in when the they movie. redid, yeah, when they, in the movie, when they redid that, that, that sequence, it was John Lithgow instead sure. of uh, William Shatner. That's all. I, I'm sorry. I missed that episode of Third Rock. That sounds awesome. I have to go back and watch it. It's really funny. But it, it, just, it, it was just so cool this, this week, in spite of the, the, the kind of sad news, certainly sad news yeah. about Leonard Nimoy. Just still seeing that geek community still kind of like rally around, yeah. like you know we're we're gonna be okay, of course, and yeah, we're gonna keep on on going. So yeah. and some of the tributes, like like from the the International Space Station, I'm not sure if yes. you guys yes. saw it. Yeah, that was that sure was did. That was beautiful. amazing. Well, and just like people people who I don't like, I don't fr- think friends of, as of geeks. yeah friends of mine I don't yep. think of as geeks. I was just gonna say the same we're, thing. We're, I mean, like, obviously, you know, friends of mine who I do think of, you know, my friend Michelle was very upset. Like actually, you yeah, know, oh yeah. Um, but like friends of mine who I didn't wouldn't think of as you know, they were all, they were they were uh, were touched by it. you know they they're like yeah I, don't, I still like Star Trek yeah right mm-hmm. so all right so I think I think we've covered pretty well everything we're gonna we wanted to cover here. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of do our roundtable here. Uh, Shane, why don't you start off? What are you into? Uh, I am getting caught up on American Vampire, which is, I, I think, one of the best comic book series I've ever read. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I would say probably even a little bit more than Lock and Key, which has been traditionally mm. my, my go-to yeah. all-time favorite, which because it is a phenomenal book series. Uh, but American Vampire, which oddly enough started off with Stephen King writing the first few books. Yep. But once... but. Once his story wrapped, 
uh, it was taken over by this other or, um, other writer, and uh, and honestly, I think has done better than Stephen King. Oh wow! Yeah, I know, I know, and uh, and yet it is a it's a very very well done story. So I've been reading on that, um, and I have a stack of video games that I have purchased and not played at all. But uh, the I will mention the uh, the Telltale adventure games that are out there. So uh, Wolf Among Us. Uh, and more recently, they have it's a Game of Thrones adventure game series, mm. which is nice. phenomenal. They did such a fantastic job with it, and uh, yeah, I've been playing that, so that's been pretty nice. Cool, Tracy. So um, this week, I binged a lot of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers good, more good than Power oh Rangers. my goodness, that song is so permanently lodged in my skull. Actually, I actually <laughs> did that when I when they first came out on Netflix. I just like went and cherry picked like my favorite episodes yeah. from a kid. They were fun, but I'm still I'm sitting there going, oh man, these are a lot crappier than I remember. Yeah, that's how I was <laughs> too. I just kept thing. thinking, oh, oh, I remember this being so cool, um, especially the scenes in the high school and in the um, the youth center. I was like, I always wanted to go there, and now I'm looking at it and going, this looks mm, small and great. cramped. Well, I'm just I'm, I'm just I'm just looking at the youth center, and going, where the fuck is it? What community is a youth center like this? Well, the, the I think the big thing for me was the youth center where they the food they served there was. Like really phenomenal, and youth centers are usually like crappy microwave pizza and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and a um, slurpy machine. But anyway, um, so <laughs> in other words, this is where diabetes comes from, kids. <laughs> Go to the youth center. Um, and then, um, of course, I, I did a bunch of stuff in preparation for this podcast. But the big thing that I've been doing is I uh, just picked up some Kurt Vonnegut, which I've wanted to read for a while. Mm. Um, but I, I think I, I was telling you this yesterday, Andrew. But um, for me, I look at America and I know that historically the vision of America has been one of youth, one of um, foresight. Um, we're always excited about the future. We're very optimistic as a people. We're very young people. We're, we love our country as, um, and we think of it as a young country that's well, the, going somewhere great. And the, and the idea of American exceptionalism. Well, yes, of course. That, I mean, that, that has to come into um, almost everything because that's what we grew up with. But... Um, our classic literature has not been the same way. Uh, Hemingway, I think of um, uh, Grapes of Wrath, uh, Steinbeck. Um, It's always a little bit fatalistic, Mm. a little pessimistic. Um, Even uh, Melville, that's another one. Steinbeck is depressing as shit. It's so, so (laughs) depressing. It's just... And I'm reading it and I go... Mice and Men? Come on. Oh, God. Yeah. um, Even the the original American novel, the Moby Dick, Henry Melville, very fatalistic. Sure. Um... And so I, I wanted to read Vonnegut. I know that it's kind of a staple of um, some types of, of kind of sci-fi, classic literature, whatever, a little bit of everything. And um, and I, I just, I didn't want to read something depressing. I just, I'm, I'm a very upbeat person. I prefer to read upbeat um, literature. And um, so finally, I, I, actually, this is embarrassing to admit, but um, Emily Prentice, who's a character on Criminal Minds that I identify with in a, in a big way. She's very pragmatic. She's a very cool girl. And she's got kind of a little bit of a geek side, too. Um, she talked about how much she really liked Vonnegut. And I was like, well, I hate to say that it was a fictional character that got me into Vonnegut. But um, all right, I'll try it. So I went to the library. They didn't have any of the main ones that he's that everybody knows about. They didn't have uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. But I did pick up Bluebeard. And I mean, two chapters in, and I'm totally hooked. Wow. Totally hooked. Very upbeat, very funny, hmm. great vocabulary, great play on words. It's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So, I've jumped, dived into Vonnegut, and um, we've got spring break coming up in two weeks. So, I've got a bunch of, I've got a stack, uh, just a small portion of my 
uh, reading list of Doom to dive into as well. So More specifically, you have books that I, you've borrowed from me for like a year ago. <laughs> I know, I know. For about a year. Oh, she's one of those people. Well, I always well, give them back. Officially, one of them you can keep because uh, this one of them is Ready Player One. Oh, right. right. And this uh, this last month's Loot Crate came with a copy of Ready Player One. Ah. So now I have a new copy. So I'm like, all right, keep it. Okay, so I have a copy of that. It's been on my nightstand for probably like two years. Totally I think. worth it. Apparently, yeah? okay. that's what I've, that's okay. what that, I've been that, told. It's possibly it's probably the best book I've read in the last few years. Wow, it is absolutely. I, I, I'm a slow reader yeah and I sat down like I could not put it down for about the last hundred pages wow yeah you know so I um because I I've been a devout Dresden files fan yes. Mm. yes 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 got another one but okay so let me let me ask you then so I I read up through changes religiously yes after that um ghost story and skin job right so I read I did read I was, okay so I read ghost story I start off with skin job and I just noticed that it started it's like, going so much slower. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Like, so it's not just me then. No changes. You. I. I read changes in way too short a time. I right. Had like less than two nights. Right. Right. <laughs> but it's like it took me about a week to go through Skin Job. Right. The um. I think it was the novel he did. Um. I think it was Deadbeat, where basically it was like zombies and the guy was like hitting the drum, like beating the drum, and that was like yes. Them moving. Dresden started riding a zombie no, dinosaur. That was the one. Oh my! That hands down. One of the most amazing books I've ever read in my life. There yes. was, if you guys haven't read it, please check out Dresden Files. I mean, it's a great series. I, I do think I I think Jim Butcher's kind of getting either tired of the stories or the characters, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to you know speak on behalf of the author or anything, but it, you can kind of tell it's, it's losing its luster. But certainly, kind of like George R. R. Martin in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yes, there yes. Was, yeah. There was luster. shots, shots, shots fired. fired. <laughs> shots are fired. <laughs> So if he invites you to a wedding, don't go. No, I have no don't intention. Go. No, and don't be pissed off that it's, he's not putting out a book this year. Just uh. be a little pissed off. Let it <laughs> no, just give simmer. Up. Just, just give, give up. up. Yeah, yeah, don't that's get, what I don't do. be angry. Just 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 mm. say fuck it. <laughs> I'm moving on. There's better authors out there. No, not better. There's equally good authors out there that are actually turning out books and care. It's fine. Nice. Sorry, you, Andrew, you're next. No, I'm next. Oh, Kyle, oh, oh, you haven't I exist. Yet. I'm so I mean, Kyle sorry, hasn't Kyle. said a whole lot today, but I mean, like, he's still right next to you wearing you a go. bright red, therefore, therefore a geek shirt. shirt. He's wearing the shirt. I mean, you gotta let me Aww, talk. I'm sorry, Kyle. Uh, well, uh, for the comics, I just finished reading the Spider Verse, which, for Spider Stories, which I don't read that much, was actually really well done. And two characters that came out of it that have their own books now Silk and Spider Gwen. Right. Or, the first issues are out right now. Yeah, Spider Gwen. How was that? It's really good. Yeah. Okay. But she's been Spider Gwen for a little while, right? Well, she came out through the Spider Verse. Right, but the I mean, the internet exploded recently, and uh, everybody's like, "Oh, Gwen is a spider now," and I'm like, "I I think she's been for a little while, right?" Well, I mean, it started in Spider Verse. So Spider Verse has been out for a few months. Okay. Like like that that, that was an event. A but few this months happened ago. like two days ago, and everybody got all excited about Gwen Stacy. Well, her first went, individual yeah. book came out. Yeah, Spider yeah. Spider Gwen number one came out this past Tuesday. That's why. Okay, but th- I had a lot of people that don't know anything about comics just getting all excited, and I went. I'm well, again, because that's because that's because people were posting about the number one coming ah, out. Okay, that's yeah. why. All right, uh, and the next series that I'm reading right now is the Black Vortex series, which is the next Marvel event. Mm-hmm. And Before. so far it's holding up. It's basically showing people their potential right. and whether you should go for it or not. Okay. And for books, I'm trying to get into the new Star Wars book that they're basing off the Rebels. Right. And it's hard because I was such a devout fan of reading the, now what they're calling the Legends storylines. And... That's about it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I've been going back and watching uh, Farscape again. 
Mm, oh, I've been doing that too. Yeah, yeah, I talked Tracy into watching Farscape. Such a geek. Such a geek. Such a geek. Such a weird fucking show. Oh my god. Well, yeah, but, but honestly, what what a great show too. Oh yeah. I mean, all, was... all the Jim Henson creatures and. So I um yeah I watched that when it was being shown on TV. So that was a long time ago. And I'm I mean, still, I mean, I, re- I remember old. right when. I, I actually, because I didn't watch a whole lot of Sci-Fi Channel. Mm. Um, so I remember like right when Peacekeeper Wars came out. Okay. okay. So like that, that, that was, was the end of it. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it was the end of it. But like that was, um, that was some point in college. That was when he turned 12. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to say that was like sophomore or junior year of college. Wow. Okay. All right. So, so like I, I heard about it and then it was like, okay, then, but then trying to like find it on DVD and stuff oh, right. was next to impossible up until about four years ago when they mm. put out the box set. So that was the first time I actually got to like really sit down and watch the whole thing. You know, and, and you mentioned about, about Farscape. There's a, I, I actually have, uh, was talking with a friend the other night and I really want to go back through and watch the Battlestar Galactica miniseries. Well, I still mm. watch the miniseries. That miniseries. They took it off Netflix, fantastic. which made me super sad. They did. They I did. Had it on DVD. So okay. But, I mean, the, the miniseries was absolutely, and the, really the show was pretty phenomenal too. Yes. They had some, Week episodes, but just a fantastic show. But I, I want to go back and watch that miniseries again because that was that was so incredible good. work. Yeah, like the first like two like season. The first season was fantastic. The second it was the next season and a half were good. Yeah. and then it jumped the shark. Apparently twice. and then it finale was just garbage. It was, and then it jumped. In case you missed the first time, it jumped the shark a couple more times. <laughs> in case you weren't paying attention the first time. Yeah, and, uh, but honestly, when I when it came down to the finale, I was so I was pissed. I, if if Ron Moore was my neighbor, I would have I would have yeah stomped yeah, his it, flower beds. It, it, I would I would have made myself very known to him that I was very unhappy. <laughs> like in some ways, I probably should mention in public, but um, yeah, it, it just it was such a letdown. So yeah. yeah, don't if you guys haven't watched it, it's a great show. Don't watch the finale. Just just watch up to that point and just consider okay, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then also getting ready for this episode, I picked up um, a number of uh, IDW's been putting out like hard like deluxe hardcovers for the uh, Transformers and GI Joe. Mm. So I picked up a, a, a few of those, and I've just been trying to, trying to binge read those. And those yeah. are, it should be really good because you know. I think G.I. Joe, they've got like six of them. I think Transformers, they've got eight or nine of them now because they've been doing Transformers longer. Right. Um, really nice, you know, actual books. And the comics are pretty good. Yeah. So I've been enjoying that. Uh, you know, i got to ask because this, I mean, I I am a comic book geek, but not a superhero geek. Um, so a friend of mine, Lori, had um, let me borrow her copy of Hush. Have you guys read Hush? Yes, yes. I have. Okay, okay. I had to ask. I had to ask. I mean, it, it was it was pretty good. Hush pretty is good. good. Um was it Heart of Hush a couple years ago? I don't remember it. I think there was a Batman event, Heart of Hush, that was really good too. Yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm drawing a blank, but I'll have to look at that. But yeah, that was yeah. Awesome. Hush was a lot of fun. They did a really good job of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's it. Oh, and this um, I will give a shout out really quick here to um, Mikey Mason, who we started speaking about earlier, mm-hmm. um, because he is just geek god extraordinaire, and uh, he will be performing at Froggy's Cantina by the Bay. On Shore Drive in Virginia Beach, that'll be Thursday, March twelfth at eight thirty p.m. And I understand here that he will not be stripping at that show. So from where oh. I know, although you know he does things for money, so yeah, I was like, if you give him enough beer, I'm sure Mikey will. Yeah, that's a good point. That's it's good usually point. just, I mean, you can get him to do almost anything if you pay his tab. That's it. Yeah. Well, I will not speak for him on, on that part. I, uh, but yeah, he's a he's a really great performer. He's just a really great guy. Yeah, and he really is. And um, 
I will be looking forward to having him back this year at the next Big Damn Shindig. Yeah. Yes. So uh, yes. if you guys are in the, in the Hampton Roads area, make sure you guys come out and uh, check out Mikey and support him and enjoy his, his good work. Do we if there's any, enough uh, of us, he'll come back. Yeah. He will. Do we have, uh, do we have any, any news on the, big, on the next Big Damn Shindig? Uh, I I am looking. Of course, it should be happening. This will be the um, the tenth anniversary then of Trinity um, yes. this year. So um, awesome! So Big Damn Shindig Six will likely be happening towards the end of June, much like how it was done last year as well. Uh, beyond that, I don't have much else to share just yet because I I, won't, I don't really want to put anything else out until I really get more things nailed yeah. down. Do you want to do anything fancy for the anniversary though? Are you thinking um, about anything, or is that not really? I, I mean, it's not really. Our tenth anniversary. It's well, just... I mean, Serenity's tenth. So, yeah. um, I, God, that's they're... so sad. I know it's been that long. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's a fair point. I believe me. There's every once in a while, I'm like, oh, thanks, Fox. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there are actually a few things that even the the uh, the larger can't stop the Serenity organization, which is the international effort. Yeah. Then, uh, they're even planning some stuff Sweet. that'll be a little bit different for this year too. So, I'm kind of waiting to hear from them. I'm still trying to nail down some more stuff. I will certainly come back and talk to you guys about it when that's going to be. Yep. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the, uh, this year's Browncoats Ball is going to be here, isn't it? Well, there is a group that's doing the Browncoats Ball that's not in any way affiliated with the Tidewater Browncoats group that, I'm, that right. I do. Um, and and I, this is not in any way for me to say don't do anything with them. I mean, I just can't I can't speak for them. They can't speak for me. They're, they're doing their own thing. Right. Okay. Um. And I I mean I wish them all the best with it. I'm I'm sure it'll be a good time. And but they are I know they are planning um something in Virginia Beach in October I think. Okay. Um. But I I, I don't know if they're doing anything like because the whole thing with my event is it's all for charity. Right. And that's that's the thing. I don't I don't I can't speak for them. I don't know what theirs is. Right. So. Yep. All right, so I think that that, that uh, just about wraps us up. So remember, if you guys uh, like what we're doing here, make sure you head on over to thereforeigeek.com and check out all the other podcasts and all of our blogs. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thereforeigeek, on Twitter at thereforeigeek, and Tracy is at Mary Eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can download this podcast on iTunes, or we are now available on Stitcher. Yes, for all you Android users. So we can... so. We are now available more to, 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 to more people in more places. Mm-hmm. Soon we will have the whole world. Yes. Well, that's, that was always that was always the plan. We'll, we'll be sending, you know, we'll be secretly mailing cassette tapes of, of, the, of the podcast to North Korea, that kind of stuff. NSA, if you're listening, no, we're not really going to do that. <laughs> they are listening. You they know they are. But you know what the NSA has not done and that all of our other listeners should do? Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and Stitcher. The, yeah. Yeah. So NSA, get on your shit. Yep. <laughs> Seriously. Right, so once again, I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. I'm Kyle. And I would be Shane. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. Attention comic book fans! May 16th and 17th, don't miss Tywater Comic Con at the Virginia Beach Convention Center. Our first ever two-day spectacular, and we have over 100,000 square feet of events, panels, contests, and dealers. Comic book creators Chad Harden, Ron Mars, Ken McGuire, Greg Land, and more. Celebrity guests Sam Witwer, Kelly Hu, Sam Huntington, Megan Rath, Chloe Dykstra, and many more! Passes are on sale now, and the earlier you buy, the more you save. Visit www.tywatercomiccon.com for more information and get your passes to the incredible, uncanny, amazing Tidewater Comic Con. Tidewater Comic Con, Tidewater Comic Con, Tidewater Comic Con.